All right, let's get it going. It's Sports by the Book here from the South Point Studio. She's Alex White. I'm Matt Neverett coming to you on a Tuesday afternoon, a gloomy Tuesday here in Las Vegas. I think every Tuesday for the last month has been rainy, but it also brings plenty of opportunities to sit inside and handicap our college basketball slate. We'll get plenty of that going on today's episode of Sports by the Book. In about 15 minutes, we're joined by our guy Steve Jones to break down NBA storylines. We'll talk some Mountain West basketball as well, former UNLV running rebel. We'll also talk NHL. We'll talk a little bit of baseball, maybe. I think a lot of baseball next week, especially. And then at 345, we're joined by our man from behind the counter, Vinny Mayulo, to talk about what's going on in a special shout-out that the South Point Studio and our executive director, Chris Andrews, got in the Washington Post. A jam-packed show today. Alex, how are you? You had an interesting NHL slate yesterday from your betting perspective, right? Um, very interesting. A lot of goals yesterday um, flew over the Grand Salami, but it was a fun day. I will say the energy in here, our show, it's going to be a lot better than the Virginia-Virginia Tech game yesterday. Oh, and uh, even that Iowa State and Houston game was pretty tough to watch those uh, two really good defensive teams there. But great slate today. I'm excited to get to it. And then, of course, to talk to Vinny and to talk about that article that you brought up. Yeah, really cool shout out that uh, South Point Studios and Chris Andrews got just about some of the differences between the South Point and uh, how they run this place just so much differently than a lot of other joints on the strip, and and what makes it better in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to the sports betting perspective. But we'll get into that a little bit more with Vinny. Wanted to start off today's show, Alex, looking at a loaded Tuesday slate in college basketball. Uh, you mentioned that again yesterday between Iowa State and Houston, uh, number one and two in the Big 12. You said two very good defensive teams, two very important free throws at the end of that game swung it. Uh, depending on which way you had a bet, right. it came down. And uh, I think the total was involved in those two free throws, right? I didn't even check the total. I was on uh, Iowa State. They barely covered that eight and a half or nine, depending on what number you got there. But yeah, it was a it was a good game. It felt like Iowa State um, didn't really show up. It was like they kind of already knew that Houston had this one. They were going to their gym. They had the revenge factor there. But very interesting. I'll look up. Um, I can look for that total though for you. I got I'm, it right I'm just here. Curious. Yeah, I know that was a very. Uh, Okay, uh, so it did go over. It went, it landed 138. It closed 133 and a half there. Wow. So a lot of movement there. Uh, and let, let's take a look at today's slate because there are a bunch of matchups involving ranked teams, including the number one team in all of the land, the UConn Huskies, on the road. Number one UConn at number 15 Creighton. This one's starting 633, 634 in the betting rotations. The game that starts at 530 here on the West Coast. Connecticut, uh, I'm seeing laying three, two and a half to three, depending on where you look and a total of about 145 and a half. These are two very good defensive teams, Alex, but right now, for my money, UConn far and away the best team in the, in the country right now. I completely agree. Until somebody proves otherwise that they can hang in there and they can beat UConn, I will be on that side. I mean, they just beat Marquette by like 20 points. They were fifth in the nation. So I definitely like UConn tonight. Um, these two have already played. I, it's, it's a tricky spot for them, but they are... At it in a tier of their own right now. I think last week it was really UConn and Purdue. Then we saw Ohio State come in there and upset Purdue. So now it's really just uh, the Huskies up there by themselves. And in your estimation, Alex, the game that you had mentioned between UConn and Marquette, blowout victory. It was number one versus number four at the time. Does that game tell you more about UConn or about Marquette? You think that they were a little bit higher rated than they should have been? Honestly, I think it tells you more about UConn. Really? Because I still think Marquette is a very good team, but 
Really, I do. I mean, we saw it last year in the tournament, and it, it took a while for all of us to really realize how good that Huskies team was. But, I mean, they won by double digits in the tournament last year. So I think you had numbers, too. You put you gave out on punchlines on just the dominance of this team this year in the regular season, too. Yeah, this is a Huskies team that is really coming into their own, finding their stride at the perfect time, uh, first place in the Big East. And, yeah, the, the numbers that I mentioned, UConn right now, Coming in as the not only the best, but the hottest team in the country, 14 straight wins. And if you look at those 14 wins, eight of them are by double digits. Two of them were by nine points exactly. So 10 of their last 14 wins have been by double digit points or more. And I think in a matchup here, it tells you, or you're going to have to look at, I should say, where do you value Creighton versus Marquette? Because we already yeah. saw what, Con what Connecticut was able to do against Marquette, who at the time was ranked higher than Creighton is now. I... I even with as high as you and I are on this Huskies team, I think this is too short of a line for this game, even though they are going on the road. Yeah, I mean, of course, you and I were both a little bit of homers here with UNLV Rebels, but they did upset this Creighton team earlier this year. They are a very good shooting team, and those teams tend to do better at home. So Creighton may have a little bit of an advantage there in their own home building. Um, but really, they are using their big man down very much. So really just going to depend on if their threes are going in but this Connecticut team I agree I think that two and a half is too short for them especially that score 81-53 against number five Marquette last week yeah just just looking across the board this one opened two and a half some places opened at three including behind us here at South Point uh, just looking down the board right now there's actually a couple of twos out there so if you like UConn it looks like the line is moving in your favor this one for me though is is going to be a money line play, and uh, you know I think that's smart with the spread at three when it opened initially. UConn was minus one fifty five behind us. Uh, if you can get UConn at anything under one fifty, I really like that. I completely agree. And there's a couple other ones. Um, one particular in the Big Twelve that is hosting tonight that you can get a short money line price as well. You might want to uh, put those two together. Who are we thinking? BYU. BYU, the number twenty five Cougars uh, taking on Baylor, welcoming the Bears to Provo, number 11 Baylor, at number 25 BYU. And right now the Cougars, six and a half point favorites with a total of 144. Now this game I think is going to come down to something that is not talked a lot about with this BYU team, and that is their defense. They're the highest scoring team in the Big 12 in their first year in the conference. But I think in this one, the tale of the game is going to be how this BYU team adapts to this potent Baylor offense. Well, they're going to definitely need to show up, especially tonight. Their last five games, they have been giving up an average of 80 points a game. On the season, just 68, though, so we'll see if they can turn it around. They are much better at home, the Cougars. I can't believe this line move, though. It's getting a little out of hand if it's already at six and a half. I was, I think, is it four here still? See, I know it. Four, they four opened as a one-point favorite. Yeah. All money on the Cougars, which it's a very bad spot for Baylor. They do have... Houston up next so typical look ahead spot I think more people are betting on that against Baylor than so much on BYU but should be a great game I'm not comfortable laying any points here with the Cougars but if I were to take it I would take money line it's tough and if you look at the betting splits for this game 72% of the tickets coming in on the Cougars how about 90% of the money so this is a huge huge public move opened at one and is at four, and uh, I, I am seeing one book where they are already up to four and a half. That's crazy. So the line certainly moving against you if you like BYU. I do think they win the game. This it is it is tough to bet this one, especially if you like the favorite with the huge huge move. Uh, but I, I still think that BYU is going to be able to do enough, especially at home. 
Uh, the big number for me in this one, BYU this year allowing just over 65 points per game at home. Uh, they've Very only good. allowed one Big 12 opponent to score over 75 points against them at home in six games. So they've really found a way to lock it down here in their first year in the Big 12. And yeah, I, I, I like BYU. If you want to get in on this one, though, now is the time. This game doesn't start for another almost three hours, and it's been a three-point line movement really in the last 12 hours, and I don't think that that is a trend that's going to stop, especially with, as I said, 90% of the money on the Cougars. I completely agree. Yeah, if you like BYU, get on them now. If it gets too high, though, I mean, there may be a point where you can buy back on Baylor. This is a really good Baylor Bears team. I mean, they're fourth in adjusted offense efficiency on Ken Palm. I mean, 77th in defense, but still... 12th overall. So this team has been really good, and they're they coming off a game against West Virginia, who we know is really down in that conference right now. And I know we have Houston up next, but they know that it's tough to play in Provo. They're they're going to be ready for this, too. There's a certain point. If it gets to five or even six, you might want to jump back on. I was going to ask what points. that number was for yeah. you. So you, you think anything five or higher yeah. would be where you would start to take a look at the Bears? Definitely, yeah. And uh, you, you want to keep it in the Big 12 for another one? Sure. Texas Tech. TCU. Now, this is a really interesting matchup. These are two teams where the the public opinion has shifted a lot back and forth on them throughout the year as as to just how good they are and their you know very different styles of play. Uh, TCU at Texas Tech in Lubbock, the number twenty three ranked Red Raiders playing host. Uh, it was a, a five and a half point spread. This Texas Tech team uh, now down to about four and a half market wide. So the line going uh, towards TCU. TCU coming into this one twenty or thirty second in Ken Palm. Texas Tech, nine spots higher at 23rd. The big difference for me in this one, though, Alex, is the tempo. TCU runs a pretty quick pace, 73rd in the country. Flip that on to the other yes. side, the 23rd-ranked Red Raiders, 266th yes. out of 362 in, in, in tempo. This is a, a tale of two very different teams, a 148-point total. Do you have any thoughts on the, the over-under in this one? That's funny. Actually, that's the way I wanted to play this game. I was looking to play the under here. I got. I haven't done anything just yet because I the first game between these two 163 points but both of them shot very well Texas Tech 52% and they still found a way to actually lose that game um, there's going to be some revenge here for the Red Raiders so I look to that side a little bit as well but that five and a half seems a little bit high here but so yes I was looking at the under I like Texas Tech in there I think they will control the pace Really, it's funny you say that opinions have changed on these teams, especially as of late. Mm -hmm. It was really last week when I watched them and how they controlled that game against Kansas. I mean, tough as well because Kansas just couldn't make a shot. So when that happens, it's hard to win a, a ball game. But they controlled that game. It wasn't even competitive. And that's where I really started to look at Texas Tech and um, think that they are a number 23 team in the country. And if you like the under, now is the time to get in. This one opened at 149, now down to... About 146, 146 and a half everywhere, which in a game like this really is not that big of a move, all things considered, between these two teams. Uh, Texas Tech, 65th in defensive efficiency. TCU, a top 50 team at, at 49th. They, these are two good offenses, but in a rivalry game in the Big 12 with the way that it is, uh, it, it's going to be tough. I, I don't see this one being high scoring either. Usually the second matchup is kind of reversed, right? It kind of goes back to how it should have been played that first game. So I know that first one, 163 points, but both of them, you're, like you said, rivalry, going to show up and going to be ready defensively. Just, Did you have a side on this? Not necessarily. Um, it's, it's tough, especially with some of the moves. Um, right now, Bracketology has TCU as a 10 seed 
and Texas Tech as a six seed. I don't know if I necessarily see that much of a difference between these two teams as of right now. That's a good point, Matt. I, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. This will be a good good factor to determine and how I mean, these the, teams are in this league. The, the Big 12 right now, I, I just pulled up the standings. It, it is so competitive top to bottom and uh, really not that big of a drop-off until you get like below, I'm just looking, just spitballing here, below BYU, which is funny because out of the 14 teams in the conference, seven of them are ranked, and I think any of the top seven have a legitimate shot to really not only win the Big 12 in the uh, come tournament time, but to make a run come March Madness. Um, right now, Houston, after the win yesterday, a game up on Iowa State, a game and a half up on Baylor, two games up on Kansas, and then TCU and Texas Tech actually come into this one tied at seven and seven and five in conference play, uh, still with some uh, ground to make up, but only two and a half games back. And every game, you know, that, that number is going to dwindle and make it a little bit harder. But this Big 12, not only the best, the deepest, but in my opinion, if not number one, number two in terms of most competitive in, in terms of the conferences. I completely agree. I'm excited. I don't know if we'll have time to do it now, maybe after our guest with Steve Jones. But you broke down some metrics that we've seen through the last few years, according to Ken Palm mm -hmm. and their numbers on where they can really make a run in the tournament. I'm excited for you to break those down yeah. and see which teams fall on the right side. Yeah, well, we'll highlight that at the end of the show. Kind of a, a winning formula. Yes. As far as national champions over the last 25 years, there has been exactly one national champion that has not fit into two very specific metrics. And we'll, we'll tell you who those teams are that, that, that fit that metric. Now, one last game I wanted to, to break down before we take a break and then bring in Steve Jones because I want to get his thoughts on it too. Uh, and I mentioned that the Big 12, if not number one, number two in terms of competitiveness, top to bottom in the conference, I think you know which conference I'm thinking. The Mountain West, baby. And uh, really, really high-powered matchup tonight. We've got the top two teams in the conference, Utah State and San Diego State, tie for first in the Mountain West, coming into tonight. This one's 637, 638 on the rotation. You can watch it at 6 o'clock here on the West Coast on CBS Sports. I think the wrong side is favored here. Utah State length two and a half. This is an Aztecs team that won by 14 points earlier in the year. Better, more experienced coaching, and I think they have the better matchup at just about every position. I, th I think the Aztecs, if not favored, I'm, I'm taking them on the money line. I, I'm, I'm taking Aztecs money line here. I've seen both of these teams in person this year. Okay. Uh, there's a couple other areas that I like, but what are your initial thoughts on this one? So really, it's, it's the rebounding with Utah State as of late, and including the game that you mentioned that they lost to SDSU. They were completely out-rebounded in that game. They've been out-rebounded the last five games that they played. I mean, one of them was Boise and Wyoming, so they got away with that. But the other ones, SDSU, Nevada, and Colorado State, you know, those are losers. So they, they're they really good. We'll see what they can do at home if it's a bounce back. But I'm with you. I think that there's value. And I'm I'm taking the points um, here, but I don't mind if you're jumping on the money line with am, the Aztecs. I am going to go money line. There's uh, one reason why I'm going to go money line. But to your point, Utah State right now in their last five games, Alex, one and four ATS. They're just not covering numbers. And this is a, a small number, two, two and a half, just about everywhere. The matchup to watch in this one, is Jaden Ledee for San Diego State and Great Osabor for Utah State. There are not many individual players in the Mountain West Conference that can lock down Osabor like the conference's leading scorer, Jaden Ledee. Osabor is also not known for his defense, so I think that the six foot nine big man for the Aztecs has a field day. I think he's going to be able to make an impact. That's all that he's done in his first year in the Mountain West. Uh, I, the bona fide conference player of the year, in, in my opinion, Jaden Ledee 
I think he dominates great Osabor tonight. Very good. I like when you give us the matchups to watch, especially in uh, the Mountain West. So. For sure. Well, I mean, because it, it is a matchup-based league. There are very few teams that go out and are in a, a complete team effort every night in this conference. There's one guy a game that needs to take over to have any sustained success, at least with the way the Mountain West has yes. gone in the last couple of years. Really, really since COVID. And then the conference just skyrocketed into the stratosphere as far as national profile and, yes, uh, and overall right. competitiveness. But we'll have plenty more college basketball coming up at the end of the show. We're going to step aside for a two-minute break. When we return, Steve Jones Jr. highlights the NBA. How do we fix the All-Star game? And we'll talk second half and futures coming up. This is Sports by the Book. From the South Point studio. <laughs> the perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over-under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yeah. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at the clock, I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines, live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the Poker Room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. Bingo! And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. We are back on Sports by the Book, along with Alex White. I'm Matt Never here from the South Point Studio. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. We'll read off some of our favorite live comments here at the end of the show. We were just breaking down some college hoops. Let's go from the quote-unquote amateur ranks to the professional ranks, if you want to call them that, than the NBA. And to do that, nobody better to bring in than our guy Steve Jones Jr. Steve, thanks a lot for joining. And uh, as we take this break in the NBA season, because that's what Anthony Edwards said. He said, it's not an all-star game, it's an all-star break. What are your thoughts as a former player, former coach, someone who's been involved at the professional level in the game for a while, your thoughts on the NBA All-Star Weekend as a whole? Because I went on our earlier show with Frank Nicotero and and said, you know, I like all the ancillary events. Those don't need much revamping, but the game itself sucks to watch right now. What are your thoughts on the NBA All-Star Weekend as a whole? Uh, it's seemingly been a strong sentiment there, especially as there's more talk uh, about trying to improve the game, make the game more competitive, make the game more fun. I, I, For me, I land at a point where I think All-Star Saturday Night is fantastic. I think it's a um, tradition 
like no other. They've added to it with the Steph Curry against Sabrina Inescu shootout, which was fantastic. So I thought that was a, an A+. As far as the game specifically, I think the toughest part is just evaluating the changing landscape to where guys don't want to get hurt. Like that's the number one priority is guys do not want to get hurt. So you, I take that into account. I'm like, okay, we're going to see that. Aesthetically, it's tough when you see guys getting easy baskets in transition. We see a lot of shots. I have to balance Damian Lillard taking and making two just pull-up jumpers from half court uh, with the fact that a team scored 211 points. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I don't want to completely bag on it because, like, what if a, what if a kid just loved that? Like, right. kids just love that. And I'm like, okay, it needs some tweaking, but it's tough. I think the hard part with that specific game was – the East came out, Tyrese Halliburton scores 15 points in like a minute and 30 seconds, and it, it becomes ready. a shot-making fest. And the West literally didn't have a chance because the East kept making shots. And so it, it it became a point where because of the way the game has changed, guys don't want to get hurt, so how many post-ups are we going to see? Yeah. How many drives are we going to see? If it can't be close into the fourth quarter, it turns into this. And I think the biggest thing is how do we make it uh, at least keep it close enough to where we can get that ramp up that people like to talk about. But the game has just changed. Guys play fast. Guys make shots. They take shots. They're all quick. And if they can't get to that competitive portion, this is kind of going to be the result unless there's an incentive. Yeah, and I, I think that that, you're, to your last point, I think that's what needs to change. We saw the success and the effort for the in-season tournament because of that financial prize at the end. Now, the problem is, is with the All-Star game, they're going to have to really, really rev up that financial prize. I saw somebody, uh, it was Arash Markazi, who we've had on this show a number of times, positing on social media, hey, why not pay the players of the winning team a million dollars each? TNT made $30 million in advertising for the NBA All-Star game, and you, want, you, you think that they could take 15 of that and between them and the league, throw it together for these, uh, the, these guys? There's going to have to be some change because when you get guys like Larry Bird and past absolute legends of the game coming out beforehand and all but saying, please, guys, can we just try a little bit? And then you got Luca throwing up 70 footers from the other end of the floor. Um, I just I, I, something needs to be done. I think money is the great motivator. And uh, outside of that, really, the only change that I'd like to see, Steve, and let me know what you think about this. I love the Elam ending that they've started to incorporate in a lot of these other tournaments. I think there's a way that they involve that maybe even more than once in the game to really ramp up the competitiveness. I, in my mind, I'm also thinking, like, I like the Elam ending. I think they moved just to try and hope tradition would, would win out. Uh, my mind, my idea is, like, what if we give some value to quarters? Yeah. Like, what if you win this quarter? You get this. Or you win this quarter, you get that. You stack it up that way so guys can stay engaged throughout the game, especially with, you know, some guys, LeBron only played in the first half. Kawhi wasn't going to play very long. So maybe you can get more guys engaged for longer. But I, I like that idea. I think some sort of thing to keep it rolling throughout. It, it's kind of tough because you thought, okay, if we eliminate the Elam ending, we're good. And then it was just a time thing where how many points can we score? And you got Giannis on his phone in the fourth quarter of regular season games anyway, so it doesn't change anything for the All-Star game. Steve, I want to ask you this because I know you are on the inside. Was there any truth to the Steph Curry and the LeBron wanting to play together in trade rumors, or was that just something to talk about after the All-Star break? That came out of nowhere, honestly. Uh, I want to give out a shout-out to LeBron for letting us know he found out at the same time as we did. Um, that felt like one of those bookmark-type deals. 
Like the fact that we heard about that, just keep it in the in the back pocket, if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> well, let's stay right there with LeBron because there's some interesting betting um, market out here right now because he is um, playing for his 40,000th regular season point, and you can bet on which game he is going to score that point. I sent you the list of games. I know you looked through it. Was there anything that jumped out to you that you liked? Uh, well, it's tricky because LeBron says his ankle doesn't hurt. So I was like, well, which one do we go with? Yeah. I'm going to go outside the box. Oklahoma City. I, I think he sets it against Oklahoma City at home just to continue the continuation of setting records against Oklahoma City <laughs> and just causing havoc. So that that's my choice. Give him a couple games to get out. And I think he, he nails it on that one. And just for some context, he's 132 points away. His career average is 27.2 points a game. So in the handful of games after the break, the third game after the break is at the Suns five days from now. That's 100 to 1. Three days later on the 28th against the Clippers is 14 to 1. And then as we get into the, the area where the betting market tells you it'll likely happen, right. on the 29th, they play Washington plus 375. On the 2nd of March, 2 to 1 against Denver. And then, Steve, that game that you had mentioned against the Thunder on March 4th, plus 225. Next two games against the Kings in Milwaukee, plus 475 and 11 to 1. So that tells you the betting market thinks it's going to happen either against Washington, Denver, or OKC. And we'll see. This is a guy who says he doesn't like accepting praise. <laughs> but he's got the words chosen one tattooed across his chest, but I digress. <laughs> uh, it is, it is interesting. And I, I will say, and I've had this debate with, with people even in the last couple of days, some Lakers fan friends, Le LeBron over, over MJ is a controversial take to some, not to me. He's, he's the greatest oh. player that, that, that I will ever see. And maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe that's the case. I'm, I'm, I'm 30. Uh, you know, we're, we're in different generations, different game entirely, but you want to talk about a physical skill set? I don't know if we'll ever see a more dominant player physically than the Miami era LeBron when he was packing on the uh, on the delts and was just running through dudes. Oh, yeah. And shooting three pointers. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see when he does that and just how much he doesn't want to accept the praise. Right. Of course. Um, but wanted to get your thoughts uh, on, on someone that you work with uh, pretty frequently getting into a little bit of a snafu in the media recently. Your guy, J.J. Redick. <laughs> had some pretty critical comments. Doc Rivers more or less went on a podcast. And I, Steve, I thought that these comments by Doc, a little bit weird to come from a head coach this soon into a coaching gig and to be as honest and open as he has. He's one of the few guys in basketball right now that can do it. But he basically said, when the Bucks called me, I asked them why they wanted, it, wanted to do it um, and that it's really hard and it's harder than people would expect. Duh. J.J. Redick went on his show. Uh, was, it, was it yesterday or this morning? Uh, but basically went on and said, this, and remember, he played for Doc. He said, this is who he is. He never takes accountability. What's your take on this whole scene? Because it's it's a lot of a lot of gum flapping at the moment. But I, I think J.J. Redick has a point. I grew up a Celtics fan, so I remember seeing it firsthand. I, I think it's one of those things where we get into this where we want people to be honest and open. But when they're honest and open, it, it opens up more thoughts and opinions. Like Doc Rivers at the all-star game for a team he's coached for 10 out of 11 games uh, for a scenario that he kind of did, it's hard for people to receive his story. And so it can come off a certain way. And then if you've had an experience, you're trying to figure out, okay, when do we hold this person accountable? How's it always tough? Now you open up another portal. And so it feels like crossing opinions to me in, in my ideal. It felt very all-star breaky. Mm-hmm. 
I know that's I know that's mild, but it felt very like there's not much else to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about this. Although I, again, it was kind of funny. Doc Rivers did coach the East All Stars. Yeah, and yeah. had the job for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the, the the best part about it to me is they they had his son Austin on ESPN like an hour later, basically just pointing the finger and waving at JJ Reddick, saying, "Be nice to my dad, or else." that was was great well let's stay there for a second steve because i I, sorry but i know you break down these teams and i know that from the record standpoint the bucks have not been better since doc rivers has been there but a lot of people are saying defensively they have improved drastically are you do you believe that yeah i believe the bucks have been a lot better defensively i think it's just the little things for them as far as being able to rotate better Giannis has felt more engaged on the defensive end uh flying around a lot more which helps milwaukee i think there's more buy-in which is important uh for a team that has championship aspirations to do the little things defensively transition defense close out help each other recover adding patrick beverly and his mindset has helped so defensively they feel a little bit stronger and that's an important thing for them to build going into the playoffs because you do have Giannis and you do have Damian Lillard and that top tier talent is going to be tough to deal with. So if they can get that defense better, get more stops, allow themselves more wiggle room offensively to perform, I think they give themselves the best chance. I think for right now, the record, it's kind of funny because the record before is what kind of propped them up to some people, Mm -hmm. but now the record now is what's bringing them down. And so I'm trying to figure out which way are we going here? Yeah. It's kind of a weird paradox with the bucks this year. Uh, we're joined here on Sports by the Book by Steve Jones Jr., current NBA media personality, former NBA assistant, and college player. And Steve, as we take a look at the odds in the Eastern Conference, uh, we're, we're talking about the Bucks. One team that is kind of doing what they have done over the last couple of years is the Miami Heat. Look at the Heat all of a sudden sneaking up. Fifth best odds to win the East at 12-1. to A couple of big wins before the break. They defeated the Bucks without Jimmy Butler and then defeated Philly, who is going the exact opposite way and sliding under them now at 15 to one and as as I kind of alluded to this is what Miami has done over the last couple of years they you know kind of just stay in the hunt it's like a, a track runner in a long distance event you just stay in the middle of the pack you don't do anything to hurt yourself in the long run and then you get hot at the right time and boom all of a sudden here come the heat do you see that happening again this year it's always a possibility with Miami because of uh, you know heat culture can be overused at times but this is a team that works uh, to figure things out during the regular season. They take their lumps. Uh, defensively, if something's not working, they understand that. They try and improve. They they impress people. They really put pressure on you. And now you see them going, okay, we can mix that zone defense back in. And that's not fun to deal with in a playoff series. Offensively, it can feel pretty rough, but then all of a sudden that ball starts moving. Jimmy Butler starts making shots. Bam Adebayo has improved playing at an all-star level. And now you have to deal with them on the other end of the floor. They have a confidence about them. Uh, they have an ability about them to rally and fight through adversity that I don't think you want to deal with in a seven-game series. And all of a sudden, you look up, if they're the sixth seed, maybe if they push to the five seed, that's not going to be an easy out. That's not a team you want to face in the postseason. I also want to toot my own horn. Cleveland, two seed. Yeah. I think I said that. I think I mentioned them last time yes, I was on yes, here. you did. <laughs> and here come the Cavs. I think they won like 16 straight games after that. <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm pretty proud of myself for that one. I, I try my best. You should uh, be. But you, I, I wouldn't, I would not, I would not sleep on the heat. You, Yeah. So you said that on our show and then I saw you tweeted about the heat and you said they're going to be fine. And now they've done this. And then, but I want to ask you this because 
us sports bettors, we're kind of obsessed with value and it doesn't always work out for us, right? It didn't work out for me with the Baltimore Ravens. It didn't work out for me with Debo Samuel, 60 to one to win MVP. So it's great you have this value ticket, but in the end of the day, they have to pull through and they have to win. Eastern Conference feels like it's the Celtics year. Do you believe that? I mean, people are talking about them being in that last Eastern Conference championship matchup, no matter what, and just which team is gonna be there against them. So do you, are you buying in on Boston this year? Yes, yes. It's, I have not wavered from the fact that the Boston Celtics will make the Eastern Conference Finals. I just, I, I think with their top six players, with the way that Jason Tatum has played all year long, uh, with what Christoph Porzingis has given them on both ends of the floor, his shooting ability, uh, their top six players, they can mix and match the versatility. Defensively, they get after you and they can do different things. Hey, here's Drew Holiday guarding your best player. Here's a zone with Drew Holiday in the middle. Derek White is improved. So it's tough to see a team having to overcome that in a seven-game series to where we now have bogged you down. We now have been able to score on you consistently because they can throw so many different things at you. The only question for me with Boston is can they stay out of their own way? Are they going to play too slow? Are they not going to drive the ball and settle for threes? Uh, that's going to be the hope if you're looking to uh, go against Boston is a team can get them in the mud, as I like to call it, get them playing a little bit slower, get them thinking a little bit, attack them on the other end, uh, get some foul trouble, and uh, see what happens. All right, Celtics, Cavs, Eastern Conference Finals. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> wanted to get your thoughts on the on the top two teams in the West as well because all of a sudden the Clippers have usurped the Nuggets for the best betting odds to win the Western Conference, the Clippers at plus 200, the Nuggets 20 cents right behind them at plus 220. But where do you see the separation between these top two teams in the West? Uh, well, I, I think for me right now, Oklahoma City is, is doing a great job. I think the Clippers have shown their ability to play at a high level. And because they have that talent level of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and James Harden, it may be easier to rally around the idea, okay, the defense is there, all those guys are playing well, uh, that we've seen them compete against top teams. My thing is I wouldn't I wouldn't stray too far away from Jokic. The interesting part is like Denver is a tough matchup for the Clippers in my opinion. And then you have the teams like Minnesota and Oklahoma City who are just not going away. Oklahoma City plays a very specific style of basketball. They're going to drive. They're going to cut. They're going to come right at you. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, it may not be the prettiest, but they are going to defend. They're going to defend. They're going to defend. Rudy Gobert has been a great anchor in the paint. Cranley Towns has played well. And so you have to deal with that type of team that can guard you in multiple ways. They have size. They have length. And they can make it nasty for you. So I would keep an eye out for Minnesota. I said I wasn't going to bring up these two teams because every other network does, but I kind of have to with Golden State and the Lakers. They may end up playing each other in the play-in game. Do you think either of these two could make a, legi a legitimate um, push here in the playoffs or to get it past that play-in and through the playoffs? I, I, it's very interesting. For some reason, the Lakers and Warriors end up in the same space at the same right. time, no matter what. It's like, oh, they're both down. Oh, they're both coming back. And the, the irony of them facing each other would be pretty funny. I think the Lakers have found a formula uh, with LeBron and having Rui Hachimuri and Austin Reeves in that starting lineup. Their ability to have the size and length defensively to bother you but also have shooting around LeBron, have shooting around Anthony Davis, have more of an identity to what they want to do. We've seen that formula work for the Lakers. I think with Golden State, being able to have Draymond back at the five 
and that has kind of bolstered things. They're getting Clay Thompson into a better role. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga has been great. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is be- coming back to form. So it's hard to take them out. But if I had to choose between those two, I'd probably go with the Lakers today just because they are now rounding into what they were working towards and Golden State's still trying to make sure they find it. Uh, Steve, before we let you go, wanted to get your thoughts on the NBA Finals odds in general. If you look at the board uh, as we put the graphic up, the Celtics right now plus 250 to win it all. Next highest odds are the Nuggets at plus 450. That is a huge leap in the betting world uh, between two teams for the first and the second odds. And we kind of already alluded to it. The, The Celtics, far and away, the betting favorite to win it all. But the team that surprises me the most and maybe it shouldn't. The Knicks, right there at 10-1. to 1. Thibs has this team rolling. This is his identity of a team. And they're starting to get as much respect as the Knicks have really in the betting market in the last you know, 10, 15 years. What are your thoughts on this Knicks teams from their odds to win the championship? Do you think that that's in the cards for this? Uh, I think it all matters on health. If they can get Julius Randle and OG Ananobu back with the way that Jalen Brunson has played, they can really cause some havoc in the playoffs because they have more depth, they have more size, they have more shooting around it. So if you're going to help on Randle and Brunson, there's going to be more players that can knock down shots and punish you. They have more optionality lineup-wise to be able to compete on the other end of the floor. They're not a team you would want to sign up for, so I could totally understand believing in the Knicks. It's just what position will they be in by the time everyone gets back healthy. Uh, I, I would also say that don't let don't sleep on Denver. Uh, so if anyone sleeps on Denver, think about that for a second. And then did, did I hear, did I hear correctly? Did you pick San Diego State to win a road game? I, I did. <laughs> I, I did. And, and it's it's tough going, going up to the up to the spectrum. I, I think that they they are still maybe not fourteen points better like there was the margin of victory in their earlier matchup. But I think that that matchup that I had brought up between Jaden Ledee and great Osibor is going to be the one to watch, and I'll take Ladie over Osibor any day in that. It was a very good call, but I just wanted to point out, 14 years later, uh, maybe my UNLV love and my <laughs> San Diego State hate, but San Diego State, a very good team that leads the Mountain West and can't win on the road. Shocker. It's uh, <laughs> Coach Fisher right into Coach Dutcher. The more things change, the more they stay the same at Viejas Arena, or away from it, right? <laughs> Yep. (laughs) That is awesome. You know I love my obscure Mountain West uh, facts and tidbits. So that's why we love having you on, Steve. You're the best. Awesome as always. Love your NBA thoughts. We will have you back. That is a threat. Perfect. Love it. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Steve. Steve Jones Jr., thanks for joining us. We'll take one more break. We'll come back with some more college troops. Vinny Mayulo joining here in about five minutes as well. Don't go anywhere. This is Sports by the Book. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie, 
Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back to Sports by the Book. Big thanks to our man Steve Jones Jr. breaking down any and everything involving the NBA. The NBA All-Star break, a great time. Because it's not right in the middle of the season, Alex, I think that it does give you a little bit more of a precursor to the playoffs and some of the storylines that we can expect the rest of the way out. That's the issue for me with like baseball or uh, not as much hockey, but sports that do the All-Star celebrations basically smack dab in the right. middle of the season. You can only make so many assumptions based on half of a season, but with the NBA festivities, we'll say, the way that they are in the schedule, I mean, we're already almost into the final third of the year, if not almost the final quarter of the season. No, you're right, and I think it does make a big difference. I do think hockey is pretty close as well. I mean, yeah, it was a few enough. weeks before, but really you're expecting teams to come back after that break and then show us exactly who they are and who's really going to make the push. And I feel the same way with NBA, and I'm getting excited for the playoffs because it really is a different season. Very much so. NBA and NHL. So looking forward to these. One more day of the NBA All-Star break tomorrow before the regular season resumes on Thursday. Alex and I will have some handicaps of some of those Thursday games tomorrow when I'm back in the chair. Uh, we'll be joined by Curtis Terry, a former yes. UNLV basketball player, former teammates with Steve for a year at UNLV. They are they are buddies, and uh, he's the current radio play-by- or color commentator for UNLV basketball. Very much looking forward to having CT on the show Half-Brothers with Jason Terry as well. So you know we're going to throw in some obscure three-point trivia also. Uh, but yeah, that's all coming up tomorrow. We'll talk a lot of NBA tomorrow. Continuing our hoops talk, though. Vinny Maiola joins us in about five minutes. We'll talk some college basketball and some hockey with Vinny. You've got some hockey plays. But definitely wanted to continue our handicaps with some of the big-time games tonight. Tuesday, obviously. One of the two big nights of the week for college basketball. And the Tuesday-Saturday rotation. Uh, one game that we didn't talk about. The latest game of the night, but it's the final one involving a ranked team as number 18 St. Mary's hosts San Francisco. The Dons heading to Moraga. Uh, this game featuring a seven-point number. You can watch it at 8 o'clock on ESPN, The Deuce. And uh, this is a St. Mary's team. I don't want to say that came out of nowhere, Alex, but the WCC has run through Gonzaga for however many years. And this year, it looks like St. Mary's to lose both in the regular season and in the conference tournament. It is crazy, isn't it? We are just so used to seeing Gonzaga up there at the top. It's a, This is a huge game for both of them because, yes, St. Mary's is at the top, but San Francisco is right behind them, tied with Gonzaga at, the, at two. So it's a big game for both of these teams. I like St. Mary's in this one. I did go ahead and lay the six and a half points. I'd be comfortable at seven here. But, I mean, they are trying to complete the sweep against San Francisco. They beat them on the road earlier this year. San Francisco just 1-4 against the spread in their last five. St. Mary's undefeated, 12-0 in conference, and 8-4 and against the spread. So I really think that um, they take care of business here at home. 
Do you think that Gonzaga has to win the conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament? Because it is looking like that is the case. They would be the only other outside team outside of whoever wins that tournament to even have a shot. I, I think Gonzaga's got to win the tournament to get in. So they do have a big win over Kentucky, Which right? Helps. And that's that was the one we were looking at. Um, I don't know, man. I think you're right. I think there's a good chance that they could be on the outside looking in unless they win this WCC tournament. Be that. Well, uh, one of the games that we'll take a look at before we bring in Vinny, and it looks like he brought Jimmy Vaccaro along. Take as many bookmakers as we can get, as, <laughs> as always on this show. One last matchup we wanted to touch on. Iowa at Michigan State. Really interesting matchup. Two teams with two very differing styles. This one's starting in about 15 minutes at 4 o'clock. Michigan State nearly laying double digits in this game. Uh, but this is a fast-paced offense for Iowa, the exact opposite of their football team. They run fast-paced, they distribute the ball, and they shoot especially well from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, you've got Michigan State, 15th in defensive efficiency in Ken Palm, and the 285th team in terms of tempo in the country. So conflicting styles. I like Iowa to keep this one close. Yeah, I didn't play anything here, but I do think it is too many points. And I know Michigan State has really turned it around as of late. They're 4-1 and one straight up and against the spread in their last five. But again, I think it's just too many points, even though they are at home. I would only look at taking the points with the dog. I do have a couple other ones, and I think you're on um, Pittsburgh as well. Yep. So we just want to get out our other plays before we bring in the guys. But Yeah, Alex and I are both on the Panthers catching seven in uh, Winston-Salem, taking on Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. Uh, yeah, I like Pitt. This game starts at 6. Pitt has shown that they can go on the road and win big games in conference. Uh, and, and this game tonight against the Demon Deacons, no different. Yes, and I think um, I still think they're a little bit underrated here. Very much so. So I am going to grab the points with the pants with the Panthers. 7-2 and two straight up and ATS on the road. So they've been very consistent. They're 5-0 and oh against the spread in their last five. So I'm going with... Um, Pittsburgh here grabbing the points. And then the only other game that you've got action on, at least for now, in the college market is also in the, or rather, it's in the Big Ten. Maryland at Wisconsin. This game at six on our director Ann's favorite network, Peacock. Uh, you've got the Terrapins with the seven points. Okay, so I will, I have one more other one that I like better than this one. This is actually my um, kind of plug your nose and pray because I I'm a little bit nervous here. Wisconsin has kind of fallen apart and I'm waiting for a game to see where they can get right. They've had a very disappointing month in February. They've gone one in five and they failed to cover in all six games. So I do think that the Badgers will turn it around. I just don't know if it's this game yet. Maryland, very good defensively, not very good on offense. So I'm hoping that they can stay in here. I did grab the points. I think there's value there and this is just too many points for this struggling Wisconsin team to be laying. But one of my favorite bets is actually the Atlantic 10, and that is with VCU because they have been hot. I'm taking the points on the road here. They have covered in nine of their, sorry, they've covered in seven of their nine road games. They've won nine of their last 10 games altogether. UMass won in four ATS in their last five, and their scoring has been very down, averaging 80 points a game on the season, but in the last five, just 74. So, I like VCU in this one as well. Rams over Minutemen and my uh, plug your nose and pray yes. bet of the night. Wyoming plus 14 and a half in Reno against the Nevada Wolfpack. So that's, uh, yeah, that one, you, you may need to have the uh, puke bucket nearby one way or the other. <laughs> well, um, that's a good spot for Wyoming, right? And they were very competitive in the first game yeah. against the Wolfpack. Yeah, Wyoming kind of coming into their own, relatively speaking, at, at this point in the year from where they started, where they were just abhorrent and now they are pretty okay. 
in the Mountain West. The Mountain West, a meat grinder, as we've uh, alluded to way more often than we probably should on this show, just because it is just such a fun conference to watch and everybody kind of cannibalizing themselves, not only at the top, but, uh, but also at the bottom. That's All right. right, let's do it. Let's bring in Jimmy and Vinny. We got a duo bookmaker surprise today as we, uh, as we get it going on the show. We'll, we'll talk about some college basketball with them, but wanted to get the thoughts on, on hockey as well, and that's, that's where we'll start. Uh, want to get your thoughts, Alex, as we get them staged on the Golden Knights tonight. Uh, game number 65-66 in the rotation number. They're welcoming Nashville to the Fortress at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, this game at seven o'clock and uh, VGK, an, an interesting year to say the least. Kind of, kind of all over the place as far as what to expect. Up, down, old, young, fast, slow. What is this Golden Knights team at this point? They're still a very good team. They still are um, in the running for another championship. They could win back to back. They did such a good job um, not letting that championship, not having that hangover that people always talk about. Put up a lot of points, a lot of wins early on, which gave them a little cushion. Right now, they've dealt with a ton of injuries. They've managed um, through these injuries. Now they're starting to get healthy again right at the right time. Logan Thompson played a great game yesterday. He actually had a shutout against the Sharks. So they are playing on back-to-back -back nights, which is tricky. But the Knights are just coming from San Jose back home. We have Aiden Hill back in net, who has been fantastic. Vinny might have another surprise of a skater who might be on the ice again, which is good. But I like the Knights tonight. You want to Hello, talk, you want to talk Hello, about TV magic? All of a sudden, Vinny and Jimmy are going? here. They're ready to go. Yes. Good to be. I brought Jimmy well, with me. But uh, looks like Shea Theodore may, yeah. uh, may be back tonight. Who is we love that. Definitely uh, the Knights' best blue liner. Uh, he's, uh, he's their most important uh, uh, player in terms of uh, special teams. Penalty killing uh, and uh, on the power play as well. Uh, he's missed. Uh, I think he's been out since like November. Yeah. So uh, it looks like Shea Theodore. He is uh, probable tonight. He's uh, been skating in a uh, full, full on uh, contact and everything for the last uh, couple of weeks. So I think the the night saved it for tonight. So uh, looks like uh, you know we still have a couple of others uh, to get back, but. Uh, That'd be a nice surprise and a big addition uh, for the Knights, for sure. And this is something that both of you guys can answer. Just as far mm -hmm. as the handle post-Super Bowl on everything, but especially mm -hmm. hockey and especially in this town with you know hockey really, really since 2017 becoming a real focal point yeah. of the sports and of the wagering in Las Vegas. So what kind of a hockey handle do you guys take at, at this time of year post-Super Bowl? Well, first of all, uh, we work cheap. That's why you got us. Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> Someone's got the big bucks. It's not Boy, me. Listen, at our age, we'll grab anything, kid. <laughs> Let's get the hockey in the NBA and college basketball. First of all, hockey is okay. It was much bigger when they were going for the title, that's for sure. But obviously now it's still, it's still a good fill-in, yeah. uh, you know, booking thing for us. So we do that. And, uh, and The NBA is like losing a little bit of customers because it's what they're screwing it up so bad. It's like you can tell to some degree in the, in the drop. And College basketball is taking over. I mean, yeah. there's been some great matchups. And, and you know what? These kids are getting so good. That all you have to do is recruit a couple of kids and like from a team just said, oh, they're okay for like a 20-win team. It's not much different anymore. So I like that. And quickly, before I forget, to show you how big the college basketball is getting, you got conference tournaments coming up in about three weeks. That is big. I mean, mm -hmm. we get a lot of play on that. You know, 20 years ago, I don't think we even put it up. 
But now leading into obviously the March Madness, it's a, it's a monster. So I enjoyed quite a bit, first of all, because it's something that like draws a lot of attention. And with me, when you draw a lot of attention, that means a lot of my, uh, money's coming across the table. So uh, that's where I'm at on the college basketball. Yeah, college basketball would be front and center, Matt, because now folks are, they, they know March Madness is coming and they, they want to start paying attention to to all the teams. And again, let's let's remember, there's, uh, you know, almost uh, 353 uh, Division One schools to keep track of. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot to look at, but also people, and by watching this show, inform that, listen, pay attention to some of the smaller conferences. You don't have to just gravitate towards, you know, the power, what I've heard is the power six, because in college basketball, you have to include the Big East. Absolutely. Particularly with, uh, with mm-hmm. Connecticut and, and, and Marquette. Um, so, you know, college basketball front and center right now, um, the NHL, the Knights still drive a, a lot of it. And, um, I think it, folks are going to start paying attention too, because the trade deadline for the NHL is coming up here in a couple, in a few weeks. So, uh, we've seen the Knights be very active in recent years. Uh, maybe this, I don't think this year is going to be a, uh, any different for them. And then to Jimmy's point about the NBA, people still will watch it, especially, the you know the the later games when it's the Lakers and the Warriors in in the uh, in in that nightcap uh, that certainly drives a lot of business. But you know what, the NBA could help itself with a little bit more consistency in terms of who's playing uh, on a on a regular basis. We need the Lakers to make a run. I mean that really really helps. Yeah. yeah, Lakers drive a lot of business. It's always been a Laker town. Now we we even bring up the Golden Knights. Explain for us, if you would, the unique predicament that Nevada-based bookmakers are in with the amount of action that the Golden Knights take on an average game. Because the majority of you guys that have been here in Las Vegas for mm-hmm. so long and have seen the sports landscape change so much, I know plenty of bookmakers in town who are admittedly Golden Knights fans. If there was no yeah. business involvement, they would be rooting for them every night. But sure. bookmakers in Nevada find themselves going against the Golden Knights every night. Explain mm-hmm. to our viewers why. Well, listen, no better wins every game. No bookmaker wins every game. Um, the, the fact that they're born here, you know, we're fans. So we got into this. We were, you know, but believe it or not, Jimmy and I, we were kids at one time. As far as if you talk to... Our families, we act like children quite often. Um, you know, especially Michael Gone will tell us that all the time. But um, the the thing is that it's okay to root for the Knights because the other part, Matt, is what's 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 really helpful to us is that professional betters will look for opportunities to go against the Knights. There's a regional bias here with the Knights, certainly. So you know, you could say that there's a, a, an inflated price a lot of times because of what the locals drive in terms of the Knights' prices. So, you know, professional bettors will look for an opportunity against a, you know, a really good opponent to to go against the Knights. So it's not, it's certainly not like the first year futures oh, yeah. where we had such a, an enormous exposure going into the uh, uh, the Western Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals. Alex, do you have any other individual matchups that you like in tonight's slate that you want to get their thoughts so on? So we had Andy McNeil on our show yesterday, Jeff Parles and I, and mm-hmm. He actually gave out Vancouver Canucks because they're a small dog here. They're in Colorado playing yeah. on back to back. They had a collapse yesterday, right, against the Minnesota. It was Wilds. like an old. That was like an old school uh, NHL All Star game yesterday. It was. <laughs> My goodness, just seventeen goals. That's all. Yeah. So you know, we're actually on the Canucks tonight because we are, we have um, Thatcher Demko. Demko's in going net. for them tonight. Yep, they had their yeah. backup, so they saved him for this one against the mm-hmm. Avs. I think it's a good spot. Yeah, it's, didn't uh, mean to interrupt, part. young lady, but like one thing I think is relatively important. Uh, with the hockey is this first of all the town's getting bigger and bigger and bigger which means a lot of people moving here 
from where they came from. Yeah. Hockey was their thing, you know, as kids. Now they're coming up, making yeah. a whole new base because at least the hockey's on in Las Vegas now. So it's that really helps the attendance and mm -hmm. the betting. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it is interesting, you know, growing up here and mm -hmm. you know seeing the change from the Las Vegas Thunder being the biggest draw in town hey. to now a legitimate NHL defending Stanley Cup champion in the Golden Knights. The, yeah. the hockey scene is just so crazy different. Well, the growth of hockey uh, with the Knights and in, in their existence really uh, was was the second phase of what the, the big growth happened when Wayne Gretzky went to the Kings. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the early '90s, when he uh, wound up uh, going to LA, and this, you know, a lot of folks from Las Vegas were LA Kings fans, and you know, certainly Wayne Gretzky brought a lot of attention. And then, if you, you guys won't, I'm going to say this: if you remember, and and will remember, thank you, Ann, somebody remembers. Um, in 1991, the first, you know, we we talk about these outdoor hockey games, and there were two great games in East Rutherford this past weekend. Of course, the Knights played uh, up in up at Seattle earlier this year, but um, I, the first outdoor game was was here in Las Vegas in 1991 when uh, the the LA Kings played uh, the New York Rangers and uh, behind Caesar's Palace. Wow! I, I mean, in that. September. That's like the uh, day club, right? Oh now, my! Nowadays, <laughs> I don't know what it is now. I know it's not. A, I know it's not an, an ice rink, but yeah, it was uh, in the mid 90s and uh, temperature wise, and um, the ice was fine. For the most part, the biggest problem was um, we had a infestation of, you know, the big grasshopper yeah. thing that we have every few years. Yeah. Well, what happened was in the third period, so the lights come on, the stadium lights come on, and they reflected off of the ice, and the bugs are flying around, and they thought it was like oh, water. God. So now the, 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 the grasshoppers are hitting the ice and dying immediately. <laughs> That's like a so you know window, how yeah. they have the commercial breaks at T-Mobile, and when you're watching a hockey game, with the uh, the crew comes out yeah. and they shovel. Well, they're out there shoveling dead a, a cricket. Oh, it was yeah. it was insane. Oh. Yeah, the game got the, the game got delayed. It went on, but it was. Uh, but that's that's you know. But that was like the first. Wow, hockey started to take off then, and now of course uh, with the Golden Knights, it's uh, it's really a, a, a huge market. That is. Disgusting to think about uh, a, a bug break, but yeah. uh, it also shows how far we've come. We've uh, come. Ice yes. technology and, and yes. the lights. There's no crickets, uh, 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 no grasshoppers in T-Mobile. Those are probably one of the two craziest things that happened at Caesars Palace. I remember I walked over from uh, the Mirage <laughs> with some friends, and like it was, you know, whatever. And Fan Man, you know, when Fan, Fan Man. Man came in, it was like that was oh, the, the biggest thing forever. That was uh, yeah. I, my my dad was there, so I got a firsthand okay. account of of oh, yeah. man. I was at ringside. I, yeah, yeah, it was. I almost landed in my lap. I, you know what? I might have to find that video and send it to Frank Nicotero for punchlines tomorrow because I bet you he hasn't seen that. And oh. that's that sounds right up his alley. Maybe yeah. not something he'd do, but but something he would enjoy. He, he, okay, that's I, a, I don't give Frank enough credit. That's a Frank. That is yeah. a Frank one. Uh, we joined here by Vinny Maiulo, Jimmy Vaccaro. Before we let you guys go, you guys are famous. If in, in, in case you didn't know. Uh, the Washington Post, we have a printout of an article, uh, an old-school Las Vegas bookie takes on a new era of sports betting. And a, a lot of the article is is revolving around the, the, the big man behind the counter, Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews, yeah. You guys are mentioned in it plenty of times. And I wanted to read through the descriptions that they gave of you two because I think it is <laughs> as accurate as anything that has ever been written. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> no, they made you guys sound great. Uh, but, Vinny, uh, yours specifically. Oh, boy. A younger Robert De Niro. Is that the first time that you've been given that comp? Um, no, I'm not. Uh, it's not. I'm, I appreciate the uh, the fact that uh, Danny Funt, who the uh, the uh, author of the article, 
did uh, emphasize younger. Uh, I do appreciate it. <laughs> My understanding is that uh, I guess it happens to Robert De Niro on a regular basis, especially when he's out on having a nice dinner down in Tribeca or a little Italy on a, and he's probably trying to figure out who the hell is this Vinny guy that, right. that's, you know, man. But no, it's uh And no, I won't take your bet. That, but it, it that's, is. Right. <laughs> that's right. Come on, Bob. Go ahead. Take it. Take a little action. Come on. <laughs> he, he, he just had a gamble. He just, he just had his first kid. He's like he's like 80. Or not 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 his first kid. His first kid with with his current uh, God bless his, him. Yeah, his yeah. current situation ship. Uh, in the in the article, it says that you guys have the same, you know, deliberation and style. Whether you're debating adjusting a line or whether cream of noodle is a much stronger lunch option than chicken noodle, is that fair to say? Well, as Jimmy can tell you, sometimes the you know uh, it's a lot easier to say let's you know you know go to three and a half with Connecticut rather than. You know, what do we put on? Do we put on, you know, uh, Turner Classic Movies with, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra on the town? Or do we go with Andy Griffith, who Chris Andrews is an absolute uh, expert on him, my 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 uh, great partner here, Jimmy, can attest. So those are big decisions, right, yeah, Jimmy? Andy's minus 160. <laughs> and then, you know, what are we going to eat? We, you know, we, you got to eat. That's right. Gonna lunch. Quickly, I'm going to tell you guys. <laughs> Me, and I know we all look at it different. I watch those stupid movies because, you know what, it takes some of the anxiety yeah. out. It's like calms me down. Not that I were ever get crazy to begin with, but like I, I think we could sit here and talk about Turner Classic Movies and Andy Griffith till 9 o'clock tonight and wouldn't double up on anything. No, not yeah. at all. And it's we left, fun. and truthfully, quickly, yep. when we came to town, remember, there weren't any sports books in the hotels. They were just a standalone. So yep. we grew with the whole situation. And uh, we're talking about 40, 50 years, but uh, I can tell you this there's a lot of things that are changing that I still don't have a great hold on. But I know the other part is like where we were and where we are, it's a welcome sign. Well, here at the South Point, and the South Point Studios. We are very lucky and fortunate to have a, a great team. Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maiulo, and Chris Andrews running the show, calling the shots. And uh, there are very few places like this on earth. And you guys are such a big reason of that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we thank well, you for everything you guys do for us. You, uh, you folks uh, do a great job. It's nice to have your generation in here and, and quarterback and everything back there and our, our crew. Uh, we, uh, we really are pleased with the job that you are doing. Yeah, we're we're the full circle with guys yeah. like me and Vincenzo. Like, get done. Now, next move is like, get your ass on Las Vegas Boulevard because <laughs> you're done. <laughs> well, like, like I said, we're lucky and very fortunate to have you guys. And uh, yeah, without Ann, as you had mentioned, we would not be doing what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, we want to thank everybody involved, especially Jerry Jerry's and Andrew, there. the Drew Dog Andrew, behind the glass. Very good. Uh, doing their best to make us look and what sound a crew. good. What a team. And what a crew. Uh, but that, that'll do it for us on Sports by the Book, a four-man desk to end the show with uh, Jimmy, Vinny, Alex, myself. What I got, got paid. I want you to know that. I got paid. <laughs> That's why we do what we do, folks, for the love of the game. And that'll... make sure you check out that article yes, in the yes. Washington Post. Washington Post, an old-school Las Vegas bookie takes on a new era of sports betting. It came out yesterday. Check it out on the Washington Post. And we need some of those Bezos bucks coming in as well. So, Jeff, if you're watching, think about it. That'll do it for us on Sports by the Book. For everybody on the other side of the glass and my partner, Alex White, I'm Matt Neverett saying thanks for tuning in. Back at it tomorrow, same time, same place, here at the South Point Studio.